Hello, and welcome to Adult Human Female, a feminist podcast exploring news and events that are significant to women's rights. I'm your host, Ellie Ellis. Now, before the headlines, I just want to acknowledge something that is not directly or solely related to women, but is an important event in terms of justice and breaking free from oppression. My thoughts are with everyone affected by the murder of George Floyd and by the shitty state of the world that means people are being killed simply for being black. There is so much injustice and prejudice in the world and I'm going to do my best not to be part of the problem. If you are in and around London, there are peaceful protests going on over the course of the next week. I know that it's a difficult time to be thinking about gathering and protesting. I... I'm not going to be going because I can't risk taking my children somewhere where there is potential going to be not social distancing going on. But if you feel comfortable, they are, you know, they are going to allegedly be socially distanced protests. They are asking people, advising people to wear masks. And, you know, I I, I am there in spirit. Um, and if any of you would like to go... I can share the link in the show notes, but I, you know, I think it's really important that we stand, we, you know, stand alongside the people who are being oppressed, and that we acknowledge our part in what's happened, and you know that as white people we are part of the problem, however much we m- might try not to be. So, yeah, just my thoughts are with George Floyd and his family, and. Um, I will put the link to the protests in the show notes if anyone would like to attend. Here are this week's, this fortnight's headlines. As the UK lockdown eases, concerns abound for how it will continue to disproportionately affect women. Being the majority of lower paid workers, they are already twice as likely than men to feel under pressure from employers to work outside the home. Lockdown brought to focus the disproportionate amounts of care and domestic work that women are doing even when both parents are working from home. And further research has been conducted to show this is even more of a problem during the lockdown. With the easing of lockdown, it will be women who will have to make difficult choices on how they will manage work and caring responsibilities. A pharmaceutical firm that markets drugs used in gender identity clinics to delay puberty has given £100,000 to the Liberal Democrats. The Lib Dem manifesto pledges complete reform of the Gender Recognition Act to remove the requirement for medical reports, scrap the fee and recognise non-binary gender identities. So that's another party not to vote for. In UK schools, another series of victories has taken place at local levels. Last week, Doncaster and Denbyshire joined the local councils of Shropshire, Oxfordshire, Warwickshire, Barnsley and Kent in dropping their transgender guidance during the month of May. And in New South Wales, Australia, schools have removed the gender-bred person, a teaching tool from all sorts that shows gender as being something decided in the brain after a parent complained. A school in Hull, however, came under fire after asking 13-year-old children to define hardcore pornography as part of their home learning while schools are closed. The school have said sorry, but tried to point out the answers to that question and others were all available amongst the resources the teachers had sent out rather than needing to be researched online. But it's shocking that this is considered part of the curriculum for young teenagers and that the school doesn't seem to have a problem with them learning what these terms mean at the age of 13. Hungary's parliament has approved a law that bans people from changing their sex on official documents. 
Um, so that's a really good move in Hungary. Norma McCorvey, the anonymous plaintiff in the landmark Roe versus Wade case, came out against abortion in 1995. This stunned the world and represented a huge symbolic victory for abortion opponents. Jane Roe had gone to the other side. For the remainder of her life, McCorvey worked to overturn the law that bore her name. But it was all a lie. McCorvey now says, in a documentary that was filmed in the months before her death in 2017, that she only did it because she was paid by anti-abortion groups, including Operation Rescue. And in the US, a new reality show has sparked controversy as the premise sees 15 men compete to father a child with former Bachelor contestant named Christy Katzman. The awful concept seems to be playing off the monetization and commodification of fertility, and many are appalled that such a show could be on the air in 2020. Relatedly, surrogacy agreements made before the pandemic have caused several babies to be abandoned for weeks as the birth mothers reject the babies they never wanted to care for and the intended foreign parents are stuck in their own countries and unable to travel. This really highlights the problems that occur when babies are treated like a product to be bought and sold. A judge in New Jersey has been permanently barred from presiding over a courtroom after he suggested to a victim of sexual assault that she could simply close her legs to avoid being raped. This isn't the first time that I've talked about absolutely awful things that judges have said, um, but thankfully in this case it's been recognised that he was completely in the wrong for doing so and he has been barred from, from being a judge anymore, which is really good news. Athlete Daley Thompson has come out as saying that transgender athletes should not be allowed to compete outside their sex class. He said... There should be a place for everybody, but I also believe there should be a safe place for female athletes. It's not compatible that transgender women should be able to go into those places. It's patently not fair. Of course, Daley Thompson competed against Bruce Jenner when he was Bruce Jenner and when he was an athlete. So I think he's got a really unique perspective there on, you know, the fact that Bruce Jenner <laughs> hasn't changed dramatically since becoming Caitlin. In Connecticut, the case involving three high school athletes arguing that male athletes should be excluded from um, sporting events has found that the CIAC's transgender policy does, in fact, violate Title IX, which guarantees equal opportunities for women. So that's really, really good news in, in Connecticut. Raquel Rosario Sanchez, the student at Bristol University who has been subjected to two years of a bullying campaign by trans rights activists, has instructed lawyers after the university ended a 16-month disciplinary procedure without taking any action. Stonewall's new boss, Nancy Kelly, allowed a top social scientist to be banned from a discussion about the British census because of questions over whether and how gender identity should be included in the census. The previous head of Stonewall, Ruth Hunt, was incredibly pro-trans and it doesn't seem like Nancy Kelly is going to be any better. We can hope that, and I know that LGB Alliance have approached Nancy Kelly, um, so we can hope that there will be a shift back towards defending the rights of gay and lesbian people from Stonewall, but I don't hold your breath, basically. And Amy Dias, who is quite vocal in the gender-critical world, has written an article for Pink News accusing gender-critical feminism of being a cult. She claims to have a number of screenshots and talked about Julie Bindle offering to find her a wife. The article would be fairly damaging if it weren't so completely ridiculous. Okay, so the main 
subject that I wanted to talk about today is JK Rowling. She has been busy and I think it started, she replied to a tweet by Frank Sargent um, that said, you know, and he, he was a veteran of the Stonewall riots, first Pride organiser, early contributor to the first draft of the gay agenda, according to his Twitter bio. Um, he's a fierce advocate for the exclusion of transgender people from the LGB community. Um, I mean, that's, these words are from Pink News, so, you know, there's a bit of, um, <laughs> bit of rhetoric there. But, he did tweet and he did say, it's time to remove the T from same-sex advocacy groups. Which, you know, absolutely. Trans has nothing to do with us and we owe them nothing. And then he also tweeted, this is Alex Drummond, an adult human male who claims to be a, ye claims to be a lesbian. Yes, he's kept his dangling bits and skipped the hormones. And believes that real lesbians who aren't into penises are transphobic and should be excluded from the lesbian community. Yeah, this guy. So... J.K. Rowling, who obviously received a whole load of shit over the Maya Forstater tweet that she um, made, she liked, all she did was like his tweet, and then he did comment that J.K. Rowling had liked it. So, as you can imagine, this caused a complete shitstorm. Um, <laughs> and... Someone from the Canadian Green Party then decided to have a go at her, basically. And she said, and she tagged her in it as well. Definitely something to keep a close eye on. In recent years, Rowling has made it clear that she can no longer be trusted around children. Which really is quite something to say, isn't it? I mean, um, JK Rowling replied immediately. Unless you want to hear from lawyers, you might want to rethink that tweet. I'm not wasting time arguing with willful misrepresentations of my views on tra transgenderism. Your timeline shows you're not big on truth, but making serious insinuations like this comes with consequences. So, so Sperling engaged more over this. There was a series of tweets um, back and forth. Um, and, you know, brilliantly, J.K. Rowling did not back down. She continued to threaten legal action and 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 to the point where Nicholas Sperling then sent another tweet saying basically retracting I mean she deleted her original tweet and then she sort of retracted it half heartedly, kind of retracted it. Adrian Harrop decided to jump on the bandwagon and basically compared J.K. Rowling to Jimmy Savile in terms of someone you'd want around your children and if anyone is you know I know a lot of people are listening who aren't from the UK and you may not know who Jimmy Savile is he was a DJ and television host he worked with children a lot um like he was a, you know he was a children's TV presenter um during the 70s and 80s I mean I grew up you know watching him and he would visit children in hospital a lot. And it emerged after his death that he had sexually assaulted multiple, multiple children. Um, you know, he really was a despicable man. So the, the, the vitriol that is being thrown at J.K. Rowling 
for literally writing that tweet in support of Maya and then <laughs> liking Fred Sargent's tweets. It's actually mind-blowing that you can go from that to this person isn't safe to be around children and I'm going to compare them to a known predatory paedophile. So, unsurprisingly, you know, Rowling is threatening anyone who says anything like that with, with legal action. But it does show the, the I don't know, the power that they have. I mean, they don't have power because what they're tweeting is absolute rubbish. But I guess, you know, you, you can understand why many, many people do not stand up to their rhetoric because all you have to do is like a tweet and you get accused of being a paedophile. Like, that's what that's their, where they're jumping from. They are jumping from, this person likes a tweet that we interpret as transphobic, but that person um, <laughs> must be a danger to children. And... Um, you know, to be honest, I've had accusations that I shouldn't be working with children because of my beliefs, and that, you know, and again, it's it's just such a leap, isn't it? It, it it's um, it's absolutely horrifying. Oh, that was the other thing that J.K. did. So, and that may have been actually what uh, Harrop then responded to. She then, literally, a day or so after the um the Nicholas Sperling thing. She then she's she's written this new story called The Ichabog, which is being serialized um, you know, for children who are under lockdown. And she's asked children to send in pictures of what they think the Ichabog looks like. And there's been tons and she's been retweeting them all with lovely little comments about why wow, you were really listening to the story and, you know, I really like the way you've captured this or whatever. And then she accidentally, which, I mean, you know, not, it's a pretty fucking stupid thing to do, but I'm sure she didn't do it on purpose. She accidentally pasted in a sentence about Tara Wolfe, who was the man who assaulted Maria McLaughlin um, three years ago, two, two or three years ago in Hyde Park. Um, I mean, and he's a, a young 20-something man. She's a woman in her 60s. Um, it was awful in court. The judge made her refer to him as a as a her, um, and J.K. Rowling managed to paste in a sentence <laughs> from an article about Wolf, saying that he wanted to fuck up some turf. So it wasn't even just about a, <laughs> a trans person, but it also included the word fuck, <laughs> uh, which you know was not the best thing she's ever done <laughs> like clearly accidental but like I bet she was really fucking cursing herself when she did that um yeah and obviously you know as soon as she realized she apologized deleted it blah 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 and I think this is when um Harrop jumped on um and everyone was like well, why we why are you even why do you even have that copied and she said that it had been copied from a, a, a dm someone had sent her um and so from you know, all these people are tweeting, well, why? Who's sending you that? Why are they sending you that? Like, I mean, it's quite clear, and I'm really, really pleased, it's quite clear that J.K. Rowling is <laughs> on the side of reality, is on the side of not transing children, of, you know, understanding that humanity 
is a sexually dimorphic um, species, and you know, and and but it's great because she's not backing down. She's not bowing to the pressure, and the pressure must be immense. But yeah, she's just kicking ass everywhere, and it's fantastic. And we just need more people to do this because I know there's so many of us out there who are saying these things but you know a lot of us myself included aren't doing it under our own names because there is an inherent danger there in terms of our careers and what we need is people who have a have a following who have the money to be able to say I'm going to sue you if you say that about me to, to stand up and be counted about this we really do because um you know the more voices there are the more and the more voices that are going to have an impact because you know let's face it our voices can have an impact but the impact they're going to have compared to someone like JK Rowling is it's just so small um so i'm just really pleased and i think it's just really important and and it's it's just important that we we support her and support anyone who is happy to put their head above the parapet and, and stand up and be counted in this way. So, thank you, JK. Good work. Keep it up. We love you. Okay, so Dictionary Corner this week. Um, I've decided I'm going to start another little series, and I'm going to explore... <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I'm going to explore the alphabet soup that comes after LGBT. And... I don't even know. I'm going to have to do some serious research on this because, um, like, I know that it goes LGBTIQ or QI, and then there are various other letters that get thrown on. So I'm not going to do it in any particular order, but I am going to delve into the depths of God knows what. We're going to start this week with one that really is is not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> although still completely pointless, demisexuality. So, demisexual describes people who only experience sexual attraction to people they have close emotional connections with. So, <sighs> this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I feel like this has actually emerged out of what I might call hookup culture. So I think the way that, because of things like Tinder, which just, I guess, gives you a bigger pool to kind of like um, fish in, for want to continue the metaphor, um, you know... I think I think there is sort of a sexual liberation going on. I think it's partly that. And I think apps like Tinder have have sort of helped this sexual liberation. I think it's also things like Pornhub um and YouPorn and things like that have also um sort of started this this new wave of sexual liberation. And and I think that's why it is now seen as something outside of the norm to actually want to get to know someone 
and have an emotional connection with them before you have sex. And I know that, you know, a demisexual will say it's not even that, it's that they literally don't fancy anyone until they get to know them. But, uh, you know, I think you don't have to unpick it very far to understand that really what is happening is that young people are now growing up in a time where they are expected to sleep with a different person every night of the week. And, and you know, and... <laughs> the pornification of our culture means that yeah it's just it's just it feels like it's become very sexualized and so the people who are actually like hang on a sec i think i think i'd rather you know wait and form an emotional connection and have a have a relationship rather than just hook up that's now seen as something outside of the norm that needs a label um which is strange i mean i i think there's also an element of wanting to somehow be queer you know it's cool to be queer and all of these letters that come after the lgb are all about queerness and what that means and so I do think there's an element of that. And I, I mean, God, if you, you know, if you Google, like, demisexual, you know, one of the one of the questions that's come up under what people also ask, what is a pan-romantic demisexual? I mean, I'm going to come to pansexuality on another day. Um, but it really is just a bit mind-blowing that this is now considered... A sexual because let's just remind ourselves that heterosexuality does not come into the the alphabet soup. So we are talking about um, every letter that is attached to that long list is about somehow being somehow outside the norm. And I think that is you know something about what people want to cling on to um, and and be a part of. Um, but I mean, it's, it's actually posited as a sexual orientation, which is just bollocks, isn't it, basically? So, so that's demisexuality, really. I don't, I don't know that need, I need to go any further into it than that. Um, but I do think that it, it really has, um, yeah, come out of, a culture of sexual liberation and I think we need to look carefully at that because sexual liberation really is about liberating women for men um, rather than anything else so yeah that's demisexuality next week next fortnight it will be something else um, I haven't I was I was possibly gonna do Two Spirit and I did find a really really good blog about Two Spirit but I couldn't find it so hopefully I would have found it by next week um but yeah Two Spirit pansexual asexual and then I feel like as I delve deeper there will be even more unpleasant ones that I'm going to come across I'm going to start with the not quite so bad ones <laughs> but thank you so much for listening I hope everyone is staying safe and well 
please get in touch ahfpod at gmail.com or follow me on facebook or twitter at ahfpod i'd love to hear from you thank you to toes and avian for the music my name is ellie ellis and i'm an adult human female